The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts. The notes that you're being handed would be great for a Bible study, but I'm not going to use them. Amen. Ushers, you could probably hold up on passing out the notes. But uh, I was in my office, and uh, even before that, after preaching the first great message, so I'm told it was a good word. Amen. It's on the power of agreement, and uh, we won't be uh, using those. Oh, you know what I want to do before we get into the word? Anybody here for the first time? You have never been up in this place before. Lift your hand high. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. All right. Come on, put your hands together for these guys. What's up? Glad you're with us. Come on, let's give them a big God bless you on three. One, two, three. God. One more time. Just hold your hand high. Where are you at? Where's where my peeps at? Oh, my first time visitors. What's up? Love the haircut. What's up? All right, good. We'll pray for you over this next week. Acts chapter 20. So I preached on the power of agreement. And uh, it's a a great word, a crucial word. Uh, But I felt led of the Lord to bring you something different here in the second service. Acts chapter 20. I want you to find that, if you would, starting from verse 7. And uh, we'll read until I stop. Are you ready? Now on the first day of the week. You all ready? Say amen. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Dude, some of you thought I preached long. This guy went to midnight. And there were many lamps in the upper room where they were all gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus. Everybody say Eutychus. Aren't you glad that you have the name you have? (laughs) Eutychus was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul, everybody say, but Paul. But Paul went down, fell on him embracing him said do not trouble yourselves for life is in him now when he had come up he had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while even till daybreak he departed and they brought the young man alive and they were not a little comforted wow come on somebody say raise the dead come on say it again say raise the dead father thank you for what you're going to do Lord, this morning, in this now second service, and all those that are gathered, Lord, online, those listening by podcast, over YouTube, have your will and have your way, and may we never be the same. Come on, lay hands on your own heart, and pray in the Spirit, if you have that freedom, that God would talk to you. God, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I've heard some people say throughout the years of living for the Lord that the Christian life is hard. And the truth is, I totally don't agree with you. 
I do not believe that the Christian life is hard. I believe hard is the way of the transgressor. Hard is the way of somebody who doesn't have the Lord to walk with him, to talk with him. That, that's hard. I, I know what that is. This is not hard. Although there are challenges, there are problems, there are difficulties that come, even death that comes. And if you could pay attention for the few moments that I preach to you and teach to you from Acts chapter 20, from this text, you'll get some principles of how to overcome even death, discouragement, problems that come your way. You're going to have them. They're really divine opportunities to catapult you into the next thing that God has for you. The wilderness, while might not be comfortable, is a place where you learn to walk in authority. It's a place where you learn to exercise your authority over the enemy. The wilderness. I don't really care for the wilderness. I'd rather have the garlic and the leeks. But I love what the wilderness does for me. I love how he can draw close to God in the midst of difficulties and the midst of problems. And there's a thing that's common today called blame shifting. Finger pointing. In other words, when things go wrong, they go, I told you, you should have done that. You should have been there. I, I, the other day, we were talking about the Super Bowl, which I hate to bring up a sore topic. <laughs> For the love of God, I cannot figure out why they didn't run that tank. What's his name? <laughs> well, what's his name, John? What's it? Well, why didn't they run Marshawn? Why? Why? Why, why didn't you run Marshawn over and over right down their throat? Because that guy can't be stopped. No, 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 they threw a pass. You know, and so as we're talking about, I know all you Patriot guys, are, I, it's like I can't think that it's just, maybe there's some corruption or something anyway. anyway. I, I don't know. But after that, I wanted Seattle to win. My son's room had been painted in the Seattle colors. For real. The big old Seattle Seahawks stripe going through his room. He's got the hat. We knew they were going to win. No, they didn't. And after they lost, I just wanted to like, if I could have called the coach, you know, I, I wouldn't have. But I mean, you know, I just wanted to say, what were you thinking? And I heard other Se and Seahawk fans. Am I the only one? Any Seattle Seahawks? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Can I get an inner witness? Or do you guys get me bearing witness with me? Can I get an amen? Okay. Okay, but they didn't. And it's easy to point the finger at the coach or be what, what the world says is a Monday morning quarterback. You know, you're like, oh, if he just, uh, what do you know? You know, what do I know? It's easy to blame. It's easy to point the finger. Now, in this instance, here's, here's a kid. He's probably playing Xbox 360 till his eyeballs fell out the night before. They, I'm just a joke because they don't have Xbox 360s. In, okay, they don't have that at this time when it was written. Okay, so anyway, the kid falls asleep. And there's a lot of things that could have happened in, in the death of this young lad. They could have blamed Paul. My son's dead. You were so boring that night, Paul. I mean, dude, you went on and on and on and on. Couldn't you just preach a three-point message? I mean, if the preacher was just not so boring, not so monotone, and just, a, you know, I mean, really, then he wouldn't have fallen asleep. He could have blamed the preacher. You could have blamed the parents. I mean, why would they? They saw he was falling asleep, didn't they? 
Or maybe the service was so exciting that they didn't see the youth falling asleep in the window, but the youth was oblivious to what was happening. He was tired, and they didn't see him because we were riveted to the power of God being put on display. Because the Apostle Paul said, I've not come with the eloquence of man, but the power and the demonstration of the Spirit. So maybe there's such a display of God's power, but nobody notices this young kid three stories high sitting in a window. How many of you know, bad idea to sit in a window when you're really exhausted. Don't fall asleep in a window. Why? Because you could fall out and die just like this guy does. So, so you could blame, you could blame the parents maybe. Where's his friends? Why, why is it that this young man in Acts 20 falls out the window? We could blame the Paul. You could blame the preacher. You could blame the church. It'd be the people that own the house. How's that? The, the text says that there was many lamps. Now, they, we just have a, flip, a, a switch that we flip and the lights turn on. That's not what they had. They had many lamps and it could have been fumes. Maybe there wasn't enough ventilation. So you could have blamed the facility manager. <laughs> the truth is, in this case, the boy's dead. Some of you have problems and you have difficulties and you can blame your mom. Oh, yeah, I said it. You could blame your dad. You could blame your ex-husband. You could blame your ex-wife. You could blame your boyfriend. You could blame your girlfriend. You could blame your kids. You could blame the church. You could blame me. You could blame Minister Micah. You could blame the government. You could blame your employer. You could blame the fact that you're born on the wrong side of the tracks and you didn't have privilege. You could, I mean, you can point the finger at all kinds of stuff. We all, I came from a dysfunctional family. Welcome to the club. I came from a dysfunctional family too. Anybody else? All right. All right. It's so dysfunctional. You're not going to raise your hand. You know it was. All right. All right. All right. We all come from dysfunctional families. There has to come a point in your life when you face difficulties and you face problems, you face things that are painful. You have to raise the dead. You have to get over it. You have to have a miracle. You have to have a breakthrough. I, somebody called me yesterday and they have been delivered from, from pornography. Amen. Praise God. They're delivered from pornography. And they call me and say, Pastor, I'm having a struggle. And I've been free for a couple of years. They said, I'm having a real difficult time right now. I said, dude, you're going to get off this phone and you're going to beat the snot out of that thing. One up one side, down the other. You're going to take authority over that thing and you're going to war. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to have a fresh mantle to give the devil a black eye, a fat lip, and a bloody nose all in one shot. Amen. You see, sometimes the enemy comes at us like that. And if you don't learn to turn things around, you don't learn to take hold of your problems, the dead stuff, the painful things, and turn it around, then you'll never walk in victory. By the way, got off the phone. They did just that. I said, you call me when you're full of fire and you come out the other side. I said, I'll be praying for you. I prayed for him, got off the phone. They called me a while later, just laughing. They called me on the phone laughing. <laughs> it was really good, really good, Pastor. I said, come on, man, that's what I'm talking about. Come on, some of you just need to take a hit. I mean, swing one, don't take one. Some of you taking too many. <laughs> Give one. Some people never solve their problems. They never confront stuff. They're always blaming other people. And you can live a life like that. Or you might make it to heaven. I'm not talking about that, but you'll never walk in victory. You'll never have the victorious life that Christ has for you. You can be a victim all you want to. It's your choice. Don't, I would encourage you, don't be a victim. Be a victor. Everybody say, be a victor. Be a victor. All right, so let's, let's look at this. It's right here. Very simple principles. 
of how to deal with your problems, even if it's dead. The first thing that Paul does is he confronts the problem. Listen, you have to confront your problems. It doesn't matter if it's alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, or anger problem, greed problem, or if it's depression, anxiety, or if it's your mother-in-law. Come on, we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places. You have to learn how to confront the problem. What's the problem? What's the difficulty you have? Money. Great. Let's just, let's just take, let's take authority. Let's have a breakthrough. How many of you wouldn't mind having a financial breakthrough? Do you know there's principles of how to have one? Listen, every miracle you need is in the word. Every one of them, all the answers are in the word of God. But so many believers are just hoping on God's sovereignty that he would just come through the mighty rushing wind. Oh, the rushing wind would come. Oh, praise God for the rushing wind. But he also wants you to get some rushing wind on the inside of you. To take authority, to get some backbone. And begin to exercise your authority and declare and proclaim and decree things until it changes. Confront the problem. Everybody confront the problem. Come on, say, I'm going to confront the problem. Okay, now maybe you're not having any great problems, but you will have one. You say, how do you know? That's common to being a human being. So you're going to have a problem when it comes, confront it. If a problem in your marriage, confront it. Problem with your kids, confront it. And there's a right way to do that. But we've got to learn to confront our problems, not ignore them. They're not going to go away. I tried the ignoring them program. <laughs> Ignore, you know, there's always going to be that elephant in the room. I'm not, I'm not into elephants. I'm an elephant hunter. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I used to hate confrontation. I love it now. I'll tell you why. Because I can't stand the lack of peace. I will not walk on eggshells. I don't do eggshells. Tiptoe around. Oh, I hope it's going to be okay. You know, and there's this, there's this elephant on the other side of the room. And you're like. I mean, look at the elephant. Target the elephant. Talk, let's talk about the elephant. What is it? Confront your problems. They're not going away. <laughs> I know, you wish you'd just be like, doink, and we'd go away, but that's not how it is. <laughs> There's darkness all over the earth. And there can be even darkness in your own life, but if you'll confront it, he'll use that darkness as a canvas to paint the most beautiful picture of your life. He'll take the notes that seem out of accord and if you'll confront it with the word of God and do some of the things that I teach you this morning, he'll take all of those notes and he'll make them a beautiful symphony for his praise. Problems are opportunities turned inside out. Problems are springboards to catapult you into the next place in God. The the second thing here about, about confronting things is believe that God can change things. Confront your problem. You you don't understand what I'm dealing with. No, I I don't. But I do understand that God's power is bigger. He's bigger. You confront the problem. Believe that God can change it. Can he do anything? Yeah, but he does it for other people. Well, listen, he'll do it for you if you get a hold of the prince. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a respecter of persons. He did it for somebody else. He'll do it for you. If he did it for somebody in scripture, he'll do it for you. If he did it at other times, he can do it now. If it's dead, he can raise it up. If it's sick, he can heal it. If it's broken, he can fix it. If it's lost, he can find it. He's God. He can bring a breakthrough for you in the problems that you're facing today. No matter what problem it may be, there is a solution. There's an answer. 
God has it for you, but you're going to need to confront and you're going to need to believe God. Don't ignore your problem. It's not going away. Believe God can change things. Do things in faith. This is what Paul does. He, he goes down and he confronts the dead boy. I mean, they go downstairs, they hustle down three stories. I mean, can you imagine the tragedy? A number of years ago, um, Pastor John Werner, that's Dr. Morocco's son-in-law, their, their daughter, um, John Warner, Pastor John Werner's daughter, uh, fell out of a window. Uh, her name is Joy. She's one of the worship leaders over there in the Hawaiian Islands in Maui. She fell out a window. I think she was two years old. Fell out a window in a construction site, newly built house. Fell, I think it was two plus stories, whatever, fell out. There's construction debris all around the outside of the house. I mean, the whole house empties out. I mean, everybody racing down there to see this child who fell on a small patch of grass, missing all the nails, missing all the boards, missing all of that, was perfectly fine, you know, scared. And they pray for the child, and there was not one mark on that baby's a miracle. This is what happened here. They hustle down, except the boy's dead. He's not, he's not sleeping. He's dead. And Paul confronts the problem, and he stretches his, he stretches his body out on top of the young man. I mean, you, I don't know what the deal is with, with dead people and prophets and pastors and people stretching their bodies out on top of dead bodies. But, you know, Elijah did it, and they did it throughout, throughout Scripture. He does the same thing. He stretched out on top of the boy. You know, some of you have never stretched for anything. Stretch marks are beautiful because they, they, they're a sign that you actually birthed something. Now, you'll never see anything dead come to life if you don't learn to stretch. Faith. You got to stretch. It's a, if you want to see a miracle, it's beyond your natural ability actually to do it, and you're going to have to stretch. You got to confront things. You have to stretch out. What does that mean? Well, it means maybe tithing if you never tithed before and you want a financial miracle. Maybe, maybe, it means, maybe it means inviting that person again to, to church or witnessing again to the person who shut you down or laying hands on that person that, that is in need of healing. Maybe it's getting marriage counseling. Thanks. I got an amen right here. Thank you, Edna. God bless you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> listen, marriage counseling, counseling is like vitamins, man. Amen. You, 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 listen, some, some of you need to get marriage counseling. If you're having difficulty, get some counseling. No, oh, I can't do that. That's shame. That's shame. No can. No, that's stupid not to. There are principles in, the, in, the, in Scripture. There's people that know how to go through some stuff that maybe you don't know, that maybe I don't know. Well, I needed some wisdom this week. I called Dr. Morocco. We prayed. God gave me some wisdom. Listen, doing this Christian life, you don't do it alone. Paul goes down, stretches out over this, over this boy and, and begins to um, believe for this miracle. You know, get involved in seeing miracles take place. Come on, somebody say yes. He prays. He prays. And he, he prays for this boy, and God invites us to pray. 
God invites us to, like I was talking about that the person was having difficulty with uh, their pornography struggle. It was just some images were trying to come back in his mind. It's not even that he went on the internet or anything like that. It's just some images started to come back in his mind. And he's like, oh, I know where that's from. Oh, and there were a couple more, a couple little bit more images start dropping in his mind and memories. And so he said, I'm going to get some help. So he called me. I answered the phone. And he came out of that thing in total victory. We prayed. He prayed and got out of it. Listen, you got to, God invites us to pray. Problems are subject to change. If you pray, let me give you some scripture. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. Wow. Don't be anxious for anything. Philippians 4.6. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you pray, if you're anxious, pray. If you're, if you're troubled about something, pray. Couldn't quite put my finger on something yesterday. It was just a little bit trouble. One of my family members said the same thing. So I started praying. I just started praying in the spirit. Don't know what's going on. I don't know. Just start praying in my heavenly language. And after about 20 minutes, gone. I've got peace again. I don't know what happened. I have no idea. But I also know that I could have been interceding for a potential accident that God was trying to bring upon me or one of, one of, one of us or one of you. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it all. I don't have to understand. I just know that when I'm troubled or I have a problem, I press in, confront that thing, believe God can change it, stretch, do something in faith, and pray. Everybody say pray. Pray. Come on, prayer's got to become part of the very fabric of your life. Prayer's got to become part of the fabric of your life. If it's just something that you pray, you know, over your food and just hope it's going to be blessed, you know, I'm glad that's a good start. But you've got to develop a prayer life. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. And because God answers prayer. Come on, say that with me. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. John 14, 14. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Wow, that's kind of cool. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours or done. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Wow, prayer. Everybody say pray. The next thing is kind of interesting to me. Paul, in verse 10, went down, fell on him, embraced him, and said, don't trouble yourselves, for his life is still in him. As you don't fall three stories and live, what, what do you think is happening here? I'm going to tell you what I believe the Lord spoke to me. I believe that Paul made a prophetic declaration. You know, the songs that we sing, the things that we do, they're, they're not just, just tradition. There is something about singing the blessing of God over your life. There's something about declaring that it's going to be okay. What is that land of the living song? How's that go? Na, 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 na. I will see your goodness in the land of the living. Thanks. It's out of the Psalms. Can I tell you how many times that I have, I have declared that? I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I've declared that when I thought I wasn't going to live the next day. 
I've been in places, and some of you know just exactly what I'm talking about. Why would you do that? Because it's a prophetic declaration. And what the apostle Paul did here is he made a prophetic declaration. He's alive. He's going to live. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Some of you need to speak that over your marriage. Speak it over your kids. Speak it over your situation and your servant. It's going to be all right. It's going to turn all things together for good. Can you say amen? And so I think that's what he did. He spoke in faith. I mean, there could have been a number of things wrong, but it's irrelevant. He wasn't, he wasn't blaming, he wasn't blaming the parents. They were in to see a great miracle. Don't keep on focusing on your fear. Stop. Don't focus on your fear. What if it doesn't, what if it does? Stop, stop doubting. Stop, stop speaking words of doubt and unbelief over your life. It's going to be okay. He's going to work it all for good. Missionary sent to Guatemala. He's a Cubano. He's a Cuban. His grandfather was the only one who was alive on his side of the family living in Florida. He's down there in the in the jungles ministering and he wants to send his grandfather a, a gift. His grandfather supported him and he saved his money and he worked hard and he found this beautiful parrot. I mean, impressive parrot, very expensive, saved his money. And the parrot could speak English, Spanish, and Portuguese. That's right, Portuguese. So he gets his parrot and he packages up and then he sends it to his grandfather for a Christmas gift. And uh, when he's finally able to get through to his grandfather, it's after Christmas, he couldn't get to a phone, you know, being in the mission field and all of that. So he talks to his grandfather and his grandfather said, did you, did you like the bird? He says, oh, it was delicious. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? That, that bird was expensive. It, it could speak in English. It could speak in Spanish. It spoke Portuguese. You ate the bird. Why'd you eat the bird? The grandfather says, well, he should have said something. It's not a real story. <laughs> but the principle is true. That many times you'll not see the breakthrough because you've not lined your mouth up with what the truth of the Word of God says. Job says, decree a thing and it shall be established. Come on, I want you to say over whatever problem, say, Lord, you're going to work it for good. Come on, just preached on that. Say it again. Say, Lord, you're going to work it for good. Come on, say, God, you're going to pull a miracle out for me. You're going to yeah, that's different than, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? He can turn it around. You just have to do what he did. Confront it. Pray. Stretch out. Make a declaration. Stop focusing on your fears. Instead, focus on the promises of God. And get on with it. Where do you get the get on with it? Yeah, he went back upstairs and preached until the sun came up. 
Some of you get derailed by stuff and then you just stop serving, stop coming, stop. I've seen more folks come into church, get so blessed. I mean, they come in riddled with problems. Come on, Minister Mikey, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They come in riddled with difficulties. And they, 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 they start tithing, they start giving, they get involved in fellowship, start learning the word, start praying. They, they, all of a sudden, life starts coming and you see their countenance change and they get on fire. And then they start being prospered. It's usually the number one thing that wipes them out. They start being prospered. And then before you know it, they're just raking it in and making tons of money. And then they start, you know, losing their zeal a little bit for the Lord of just not quite come to church as much, not quite read the Bible maybe as much. Oh, you know, nobody backslides with a blow-up. Listen to me. Nobody black backslides with a big blow-up. It's always a slow leak. It's a slow leak that causes somebody to get a flat and be derailed. And so I, I was so grieved recently over someone whose life was in great destruction when they were walking in the blessings of God not all that long ago. My wife and I were talking, Pastor Karen and I. She said, gosh, you know, remember when Pastor Morocco said years ago, he said, he said, maybe we should pray for people to have problems. <laughs> now, of course, that's, it's a joke. But problems are great for moving you close to God. Just after you get through the problem, you confront it, you pray, you stretch, and you make a declaration, and you get on with it, meaning you continue to serve God. He can went and preached until the sun came up. Listen, going to church is like breathing. You gotta go, and there's no perfect church. If you find it, don't go. You'll ruin it. Why? Because we're all fallen. Find a place to serve. Find a place to get involved. And don't ever stop serving God ever why because that's what believers do we serve God even though we don't understand it you go through death you go through pain confront the problem deal with it move through amen all right I'm going to sing this goodness of the Lord in the land of the living song worship team up on the platform come on let's sing this thing come on we're going to sing it we're going to we're going to worship the Lord oh worship team come on back up on the platform Come on, somebody gonna have a breakthrough?
rejoice in the land of the living. We'll see your goodness in the land of the living. I can't hear you. Sing a little louder this morning. We'll see your goodness in the land of the living. Just the congregation, sing. We'll see your goodness in the land of the living. Stomp your feet, clap your hands, and sing it. We'll see the goodness in the land of the living. Everybody sing it. We'll see your goodness in the land of the living. One more time. We'll see your goodness in the land of the living. Last one, last one. We'll see your goodness in the land of the living. Put your hands together for Jesus. Sweetheart right there with the sweatshirt and the fluorescent. You know, God's going to work it out. He just wants you to know he's going to work it out. It's going to be okay. Come on, everybody say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just serve God, live for him. It's going to be okay. He's going to turn it all around. He's going to heal your heart. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Holy Spirit, release faith, God, even the gift of faith, Lord, into these right now. Thank you that there is no problem that might have been fallen us you can't turn it all around even death death where is they sting you hold the keys of death in the grave so Lord forgive us for where we've gotten negative where we haven't confronted the elephant in the room and the problems let a fresh boldness come upon us to confront things in love to see them turn. We believe that things can turn. Turn things for good in marriages. Turn things for good in in families, in children, Lord, in school, financial problems. Turn it all around, God, according to the principles of the Word. That we would get on with it, Lord, that we would get on with serving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. God, we thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. If you're not right with God, won't you get right with Him today? your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment if you've drifted away if that's you just pray this prayer right out loud with me say dear Jesus thank you for dying in my place thank you for rising again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin come into my life come into my heart be my Lord and Savior thank you for loving me Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Come on, lift your hands as a sign of surrender. Holy Spirit, I pray. Touch, fill, heal, strengthen, anoint these. Anoint us, God, to be problem solvers and troubleshooters in the kingdom. We'd not blame people. We'd forgive and move on and embrace the difficulty to see even things turn for good. We would stretch in our faith. God, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing in our midst. Amen. Take someone by the hand all across this place. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Cause your face to shine upon your people. Lift up your countenance towards us. 
Be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you tonight. Six o'clock service tonight. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.